Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. So a race supremacist with extremist views tries to massacre a bunch of people on a New York subway. Then the media and authorities seem pretty keen on quickly dismissing a political or racial motive. Gee, I wonder why. He black. Really makes you think. We'll describe him as an individual. He is being reported as a male black. Well... This is awkward. He black. Police. Suspect described as a black male. CNN. Uh, now back to Ukraine. What did the suspect think of white people? Blacks and whites, so-called, should not even be in the same hemisphere. Oh, do you think if the shooter had been white and had posted innumerable racist statements about black people, that the media may just have questioned if there was a race-hate motivation to his rampage? But not in this case. You black! Alleged shooter Frank James didn't leave much to the imagination when it came to his political views. He was a Black Lives Matter supporter. He posted his hatred for Trump. He said 9-11 was quote, a beautiful day. He expressed horror at the Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson being married to a white man. He posted a meme that literally said, quote, Oh, black Jesus, please kill all the whiteies. He posted a video to Facebook called, quote, C-I-L-L-Y-T. He predicted a race war, commenting, quote, I should have gotten a gun and just started shooting the MFers. Reversed the races on all that, and the media would be wall-to-wall moral panicking about white supremacy right now. No doubt after blaming it on gun ownership, they'll now rapidly pivot to the mental health angle after the suspect is caught. It's like the Peter Griffin skin colour chart, but in reverse. But how did CNN report it? The suspect, quote, repeatedly espoused hatred towards African Americans. Really? How? By using the N-word when he's black. In this entire article, they make no mention whatsoever of the numerous anti-white violent statements posted to Facebook and YouTube by the suspect. Also know how the suspect was allowed to post violent hate speech on Facebook for years unimpeded while you got banned for posting Anthony Fauci memes. The media now appears to be pivoting back to a limited hangout, which is that the suspect may have targeted Asians. And yet Brooklyn itself has been flooded with white gentrifiers in recent years. One question CNN won't ask. Was the suspect radicalised by anti-white rhetoric legitimised by the culture 
and amplified by social media and legacy media. Also recall that they tried to blame black on Asian violent crime on white people too. CNN desperately figuring out a way to blame an attack carried out by an anti-white Trump-hating BLM supporter on white supremacy. Meanwhile, others were keen on drawing attention to those who they asserted were the real victims. Praying for the folks in Brooklyn praying for all the black men who now have a target on them. I mean, yeah, thoughts and prayers to the victims. But surely we should be worrying about short men who now have a target on them. Approximately five feet, five inches tall. Eager to inform the public and hasten the suspect's capture, the media rushed to not describe what he actually looked like. New York Times. Police are seeking a man with a gas mask and an orange construction vest who had been wearing a dark blue outfit that appeared to resemble that of a transit worker. Yeah, if you're trying to help them catch the guy, why are you only describing the clothes he wore? Which he's obviously going to have removed by now anyway, while saying nothing about his actual appearance. James was previously known to the FBI, but investigated and cleared. The feds presumably being more interested in framing Americans for fake plots to abduct governors. The attack occurred just two weeks after Sacramento's worst mass shooting in history. Something the media also mysteriously lost interest in very quickly for unknown reasons. Just like the Wisconsin parade killer disappeared from the headlines quicker than the Hunter Biden laptop story. The subway suspect is a black supremacist. The Waukesha killer is a black supremacist. The guy who tried to assassinate a mayoral candidate is a black supremacist. The man who murdered a Capitol Police officer was a black supremacist. In summary, white supremacy is the problem. Thankfully, by some miracle, no one was killed during the Brooklyn attack. The shooter's gun jammed during the incident. We wish the injured a speedy recovery, and I hope by the time you watch this video, the suspect is captured before he has the chance to attack again. Gonna be amazing. So we've got a couple of videos for you guys today. We'll have some more wake up videos. Heard from some people uh, after the show. Thought that uh, some of the wake up story stuff and wake up video stuff was cool. Of course, we'll have some news for you today. A couple of headlines that I saw, and uh, maybe we'll get to some of your calls if uh, I don't just eat up all the airtime like a jerk. Um, let's start off. With uh, some old news, I think this uh, relates to uh, video that we've got on Band.Video. If you guys go to the Band.Video section titled Alex Jones Predictions, you could probably waste a ton of hours there because there's a bunch of stuff that Alex just knew. He knew a lot of stuff, just like the alchemists of old. We'll talk about that in a little bit too. When I was out in uh, the San Francisco area, I visited the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum. It's very interesting to see that type of culture and how it's uh, you know come down into our culture, other cultures, 
Very interesting. But let's start off with the microchip implants that let you pay with your hand. This is a story we covered in our daily dispatch on Tuesday. And uh, go ahead and start reading it here for you. Patrick Palman causes a stir whenever he pays for something in a shop or a restaurant. This is because the 37-year-old doesn't need to use a bank card or his mobile phone to pay. Instead, he simply places his left hand near the contactless card reader and the payment goes through. The reactions I get from cashiers are priceless, says Mr. Palman, a security guard from the Netherlands. He's able to pay using his hand because back in 2019, he had a contactless payment microchip injected under his skin. The procedure hurts as much as when you someone pinches your skin. All right, first off, the people pinching your skin, dude, probably doing it a little, little rough if that's all it feels like. See here in the article, there's, a, uh, there's like an x-ray with this microchip in his hand. And I guess that's how he, he, he pays using near-field technology, right? Or, oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke. There's there's near field communication, but uh, maybe it's RFID. Either way, this is something that this is a trend that we've been tracking for a long time. Uh, Alex Jones knew all about it, and uh, we've got a video. It might get cut off a little bit here, and uh, we're gonna go to this video here, right about now. Let's see Alex Jones talking about this, like back when the aspect ratio of Television was four by three instead of 16 by nine. And then I've got stuff right off the CNN um, website. Uh, This is uh, page two of five, uh, September 3rd. From IDORUCNN.com. And it says, September 2nd, 1998 by Fred uh, McClaims. How much is convenience worth to you? How much would you pay or give up to have doors open, but only for you when you walk near, have your elevator recognize you and automatically select the correct floor, have your car automatically unlock itself for you, and only be able to start when you and nobody else are sitting in the driver's seat? Okay, that sounds kind of Have your computer configured only to allow you to gain full access regardless of passwords or physical keys. My friends, it talks about the biochips that professors at the, at the University of MIT uh, it's, and some universities in Britain are actually putting biochips in their bodies. This guy from the article, Pat Broda. I didn't know what was going on the air here. I was going to have this uh, later Ooh, on me the radio either. and things. Uh, I read this all last night. Uh, Products that can block network access based on your face and fingerprints. Network World Fusion, free recognition required to view this uh, site. Uh, Using body language to secure networks. Network World Fusion, free registration required to um, identification confirm. Network World Fusion. And they're just bragging about it. They got professors in here talking about the biochips that they have in their bodies. I mean, I'm losing my mind. Biometrics, a face could launch a thousand ships, computer world. Biometrics, e-cash to gain ground. External sites are not, uh, it just goes on and on. This is raw CNN stuff right here. This isn't the stuff on their cover page. You have to dig in to get this. I'm sorry, I'm just not getting to this. I've got to get to this professor. Two different professors. 
Unbelievable. We'll take some calls, and while the callers are talking, I'll read over this. Because I, I needed to highlight this. I mean, it is just the most sickening thing. Oh, here it is. Oh, sure, there are certain drawbacks to having yourself implanted with active microchips. Think of the privacy implications. If you can set up sensors to detect your presence, so could somebody else. But look at the bright side. Who wouldn't want to stop worrying about where they put their keys or mobile speed pass and no more remembering pesky pins? Oh, great. You think kids are dumb now with math because of calculators? Everything will be done for you. Woo, front of the door. Woo, everything opens. The problem is, as we hurdle towards Y2K and all the rest of this stuff, I mean, there's big computer problems at the place I work and my card key won't work to get through the door. Good old-fashioned key wouldn't do that. You know, it's funny. If you read Frank Herbert's Dune, who I, who is a greater philosopher than... Uh, Nietzsche or Aristotle. I'm serious. And, 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 he, and he puts it into a science fiction form. And it's not the stupid science fiction, the cowboys and Indians in space type stuff that you see nowadays where it's just melodrama. I mean, it's deep thought. The whole Dune, uh, there's four or five books. And I've read four of them. I haven't had time to read the other one. I read those years ago. But it talks about how man uses machines and gives up everything. And pretty soon, or um, Isaac Asimov's iRobot, pretty soon you're just total slaves. And the robots are going to watch over you, and there's this secret uh, technocracy of, of uh, people that control you. Same thing with THX 1138, the George Lucas 1974 film with Robert Duvall. Okay. And it's funny. George Lucas gives you a message over and over, a total genius. Look in his movie, American Graffiti. The license plates say THX 1138. His sound system is THX. Um, in Star Wars, one of the codes is THX-1138. He con- every one of George Lucas's films, even the uh, Indiana Jones movies, has THX-1138 in it. What is THX-1138? THX-1138 was the name of the human that rebels against the technocracy in the far distant future in his 1974 THX-1138 with... Robert Duvall. It's a message to you. What is Star Wars? It's a message to you by intelligent people. It's not easy to make one of those films. They're warning you about the empire, about control, about blowing up things and blaming it on the rebels. They're warning you. Everybody in Hollywood is not bad. So THX-1138 is the lone man, the lone human, the lone person, the lone woman, the lone soul that rebels, rebels against the system. It's a dehumanizing system. I remember when Galaxy 4 went out about three months ago, just one of 900 commercial satellites, just one, one. And at half these gas stations, they had to hand type in your cards. Pagers weren't working. Cell phones were screwing up. Because of the relay systems being on... I mean, you're talking about serious problems. From one satellite, 900 of them up there that are commercial. Who knows how many secret government ones. They had that big billion dollar one blow up just last month. On the launch pad. All right, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. All right, folks, that's about what he wanted Uh, to talk to you about. 
So again, it's all coming true. Think about it. Microchips and hands. What happened if someone tried to steal your wallet then? They just like cut off your hand? Give me your hand. Now. Introducing the newest product from InfoWarsLife.com. We are so proud of InfoWars Life Immune Support. It is concentrated herbs that are known on record to supercharge our body's natural defenses. Ladies and gentlemen, this is something that is essential and everyone should get. And on top of it, it funds the InfoWar, so that's a 360 win. Let me tell you what is in this amazing product. Concentrated elderberry, concentrated echinacea, concentrated astragalus root, angelica root, loatium root, and more. This product is incredible. InfoWars Immune Support, exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com, is funding the tip of the spear, the InfoWars operation. It is a 360 win. The only way you fail is by not taking action and getting this product to boost your body's natural defenses and keep InfoWars on the air. The globalists are hoping you don't take action. Take action now. InfoWarsStore.com. If I had to describe with just one word the brainwashing, the mind control, the asleep trance that the general public is in, the best word would actually be the people are lost. Just like you're lost to sleep or lost in a bad nightmare or you're in a car wreck and get knocked out and you've lost your bearings because you are totally dizzy and confused. You have a concussion. And that's what the globalists have done. They have stunned us. They have put us into a position of not knowing our bearings. And then Klaus Schwab recently came out and gave a speech he called The Great New Narrative, where he brags how the public is lost, how the culture and the media has been driven to make sure the people are all alone so they can now guide humanity over the edge of a cliff. That's what their Great Reset is. They need darkness to thrive. The light lives at InfoWars.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. filling in for Harrison Smith again today. He will be back in the near future, don't you worry. He is doing just fine. He is in good health. He is uh, hanging out with the fam, getting some uh, much-deserved R&R. He uh, was, like, doing back-breaking seven-hour days last week, so we're glad that he's got a little extra time here. And uh, last segment, we were going over some implantable microchips, and I was reading a little further into the article here really started thinking about things, right? Like in the future, a future of microchips and, and hands and perhaps other places, right? Like if you're like part of the lower class, they like put it in your like lip or something. And then like in order to pay for something, you've got to like kneel down and kiss like the RFID reader, which is going to be like in the shape of a hand with like a ring, or maybe it's going to be like a boot, you know what I mean? And I, you know, I don't know, maybe that's just my mind wandering, but I can see it. I can see it. Or maybe it's just going to be in the hands, you know, pretty normie, you know what I mean? 
Like it'll just be like right in the hand and then, yeah, like, oh yeah, if like the police, you know what I mean? You get pulled over, show me your hands! Like, bro, getting aggro. But slightly disturbing, which leads us, I guess, to our next story here. 17, 17 LA gangs have been, have sent out crews to follow and rob the city's wealthiest, LAPD says. More than a dozen Los Angeles gangs are targeting some of the city's wealthiest residents in a new aggressive manner, sending out crews in multiple cars to find, follow, and rob anyone driving high-end vehicles or wearing expensive jewelry, according to the police. Now, if you think about this, right, and you think about uh, the diffusion of innovations, right, you'll see with any innovation, the wealthiest people are going to be the early adopters of that innovation, so you just think about it, right? I, I was kind of thinking out loud when I said, like, what if someone robs you at the end of that segment about this? You're you're driving, like, your nice RFID chip activated car. Gangbanger just follows you. Probably cuts your hand off to get access to your car. Wouldn't that be tight? <laughs> but... Yeah, let's, let's keep going here. In many cases, they're making off with designer handbags, diamond-studded watches, and other items worth tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. And then, what are they doing? They're peddling it on the black market? Oh, no. Additional robberies. Those are among the conclusions of a Los Angeles Police Department task force uh, con- convened the end of the last year to identify the cause of a sudden surge in follow home or follow off robberies. That's what they're calling them. Follow home or follow off robberies. Interesting. Of course. Yeah. Coming from nightclubs. That's like the best. I mean, if you're thinking like a criminal, right? So word to the wise, if you're out in LA, probably tuck the chain, tuck the chain when you're coming out the nightclub. Is it too late to uh, make America great again? Can we say that now? Or is that like faux pas? I bet the next president, though, like no matter what, like the, it could even be like a joke. Like it doesn't even have to be a serious slogan. They can just say, hey, let's make America great again. And everybody's going to know what they're talking about. Like just like let's make it like 2016 through 2020. Let's just go back. It'd be great. Yikes, folks. Yikes. All right, let's uh, move into other news. Other news. Oh, speaking of making America great again, Biden's approval craters to a 33%. Uh, my thoughts on this. Who are they polling? <laughs> Who in the hell are they polling that, that 33% of think that he's doing a good job? Uh low information people, people maybe who've got a heaping dose of cognitive dissonance and they can't, you know, go back and say they made a mistake when they, when they pulled the lever for Biden. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there. I I firmly believe there was a lot of, there is a lot of evidence of tampered votes, vote trafficking, all this stuff. I'm not going to be gaslit and saying there wasn't. And I think at this point, you know, if you'd asked me six months ago, I would have said, yeah, I think there was, you know, tampered votes, vote rigging, but would it have been enough to sway the election? And I think at this point 
we're seeing, you know, in Wisconsin and Arizona that, yeah, it definitely looks like it was in the, in the threshold, the margin of error. So we'll just kind of have to keep, keep track of those things. You know, Gateway Pundit does a good job of, of keeping up with that type of news. I'm sure most InfoWars, most InfoWars readers, listeners are familiar with that website, but it's a great, great place to keep up with that information if that's what interests you. But Biden's approval craters at 33%, just 26% of independents approve of his job in the White House, 39% back his handling of Ukraine. And here's the, here's the real shocker, right? 68 says the United States should be doing more to stop Putin's forces killing civilians in yet another shocking poll, right? It's very shocking. That, that, that speaks to the media coverage of the Ukraine war, Right. We'll be talking a little bit about wars in the next segment. I'll be playing a couple of videos for you from, from James Corbett. We're going to be taking a look back because hindsight is 2020. We are, we are glad for people out there who, you know, are able to go back and, and give really great analysis of these things. But a lot of people in the United States right now think that we should be doing more to get into the war in Afghanistan and, you know, if we take a look back at World War One, right, Cecil Rhodes, um, we, the uh, video Monopoly, Who Owns the World by Tim Guileen, mentioned Cecil Rhodes. And for those of you who don't know who Cecil Rhodes is, if you've ever heard of a Rhodes scholar, well, he had something to do with that, right? The international policy and things like that, that, inter- or that Rhodes scholars get trained in. The diplom the diplomacy the diplomacy, right? Um but World War One, you know, Cecil Rhodes was very instrumental in setting up alliances which pulled the whole war or the whole world into war in World War One, which, you know, has dictated everything that, that's happened since, right? It was such a major event that, you know, there are still ripples of World War One, World War Two, that you know we're dealing with today. If you look at the reparations and things like that, that that were unpayable, do you look at you know that dictating how we sucked in a bunch of Nazi scientists with Operation Paperclip? We compromised our morals because we said, oh well, you know there was so much damage done by the war. How are we ever going to recoup those costs? Well, you know, Russia the east and the west i don't know is russia the east maybe when you talk about western culture i think you're talking about like western rome that type of stuff but anyways you know got into a uh, got into a cold war started sucking up nazi scientists doing the forbidden science let us see the military industrial complex here we are yay The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. 
And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. Take calls today. You're definitely gonna have to tell me your favorite Led Zeppelin song. Like this one's a great one. Cashmere's great, but you know, uh, no quarter. Super heavy. Love it. Do a little bit of voodoo chat, voodoo voodoo child. Oh, wait, that's Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> what am I thinking? It's actually, you know what? Um, reading the big book of metal when i was like a teenager big book of rock and roll big book of metal but they credited uh metal music with being started by voodoo child by Jimi hendrix and no quarter by led zeppelin those songs helped to i guess form the subgenre of rock which is metal according to the big book of rock fun fact i guess maybe it's a fact maybe it's an opinion that's what we got for you on InfoWars, hot takes, bold opinions, facts, those things. Talking about bold moves. Actually, you know what? We are going to save some of this news for the, uh, for the next segment. You know, wanna, we got a few more articles to go over, some current headlines. Uh, what we were talking about in the last segment was war, war with Ukraine, how the world could slip into war. And uh, I think that that... It stems back to uh, wars in the Middle East that the United States was participating in in the early 2000s all the way to this year. And so uh, in line with what we were doing yesterday, playing wake-up videos, videos that should help you wake up friends, you know, if, if you feel like you know what's what's up, but you might not have the words to articulate, you know, exactly how you feel on the subject. Those videos are, are great ways to introduce people to your way of thinking, or maybe it's they're great to check out so that you can brush up on how exactly you're going to approach the topic with friends and family so that you don't come off as, well, a cliche conspiracy person, right? So with that being said, we are going to go to a video by James Corbett. This is like the OG waker upper. It's like the alarm clock that you have in the morning. It's like the nuke, like it's a nine 11 in five minutes by James Corbett. I highly suggest you search this, download it for yourself. Just play it. If you're like working in a retail store or something, just plug your iPod, your cell phone into the thing, jack in, you're good to go. 
especially if you're about to leave that store, if you're about to leave retail, do it. This is the ultimate mic drop. Here you go. There's music too. No one will be the wiser. On the morning of September 11th, 2001, 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world. Overpowering the passengers and the military combat trained pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground, hitting the Pentagon in the budget analyst office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10th, 2001. Luckily, the news anchors knew who did it within minutes. Osama bin Laden. The pundits knew within hours. Osama bin Laden. The administration knew within the day. Terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbored them. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center. Site, if you can believe that. But for some reason, if a bunch of crazy conspiracy that. theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It failed to mention the existence of WTC-7, Able Danger, P-TECH, Sibel Edmonds, OBL and the CIA, and the drills of hijacked aircraft being flown into buildings that were being simulated at the precise same time that those events were actually happening. It was lied to by the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush administration, and as for Bush and Cheney, well, no one knows what they told it because they testified in secret, the off the record, clean. not under oath, and behind closed doors. It didn't bother to look at who funded the attacks because that question is ultimately of little practical significance. Still, the 9-11 Commission did brilliantly answering all of the questions the public had, except most of the victim's family members' questions, and pinned blame on all the people responsible, although no one so much as lost their job, determining the attacks were failure of imagination because nobody in our government at least, and I don't think the prior government that could envision flying airplanes into buildings. Except the Pentagon, FEMA, NORAD, and the NRO. The DIA destroyed 2.5 terabytes of data on Able Danger, but that's okay because it probably wasn't important. The SEC destroyed their records on the investigation into the insider trading before the attacks, but that's okay because destroying the records of the largest investigation in SEC history is just part of routine record keeping. NIST has classified the data that they used for their model of WTC7's collapse, but that's okay because knowing how they made their model of the collapse would jeopardize public safety. The FBI has argued that all material related to their investigation of 9-11 should be kept secret from the public, but that's okay because the FBI probably has nothing to hide. This man never existed, nor is anything he had to say worthy of your attention, and if you say otherwise, you are a paranoid conspiracy theorist and deserve to be shunned by all of humanity. Likewise him, 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 and her. And her, and her, and him. Osama bin Laden lived in a cave fortress in the hills of Afghanistan, but somehow got away. Then he was hiding out in Tora Bora, but somehow got away. 
Then he lived in Abbottabad for years, taunting the most comprehensive intelligence dragnet, employing the most sophisticated technology in the history of the world for a decade, releasing video after video with complete impunity and getting younger and younger as he did so, before finally being found in a daring SEAL team raid which wasn't recorded on video, in which he didn't resist or use his wife as a human shield, and in which these crack special forces operatives panicked and killed this unarmed man, supposedly the best source of intelligence about those dastardly terrorists on the entire planet. Then they dumped his body in the ocean before telling anyone about it. Then a couple dozen of that team's members died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. This is the story of 9-11, brought to you by the media which told you the hard truths about His head could be seen to move violently forward. And They took the babies out of incubators. And Mobile production facilities. And The rescue of Jessica Lynch. If you have any questions about this story, you are a batch paranoid, tinfoil, dog-abusing baby hater, and will be reviled by everyone. If you love your country and or freedom, happiness, rainbows, rock and roll, puppy dogs, apple pie, and your grandma, you will never ever express doubts about any part of this story to anyone. Ever. This has been a public service announcement by the friends of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DIA, SEC, MSM, White House, NIST, and the 9-11 Commission. Because ignorance is strength. There you go. You dog abusing baby haters. Of course, we love rock and roll. We love Death Clock in the chat. <laughs> I guess we'll be uh, getting a taste of Death Clock on the way out. I don't know. We'll see. I might have the thumbs up. might have the thumbs down. We'll see. Just keep chatting. We'll keep reading. Uh, in the next segment, we're going to be delving into another video by James Corbett on the Afghanistan war. This is a video that he published in 2016. Uh, about six years before we got out of the Afghanistan war or, you know, ended it, we ended the Afghanistan war, right? Pulled out. And uh, that's also very illuminating, great way to pull the curtain back because he gets into specifics on how we got into that war and why we got into that war. Here we go. I'm going to shut up now and let the music take us to a higher place. about 25 years ago that I wanted to expand InfoWars. I've been on the air a couple of years, but I only had money to finance my own simple little local radio show. And I wanted to hire camera people. I wanted to make films. I wanted to really challenge the globalist. And it was a t-shirt. I designed the first one, Mass Murderers Agree, Gun Control Works, that helped us finance hiring the first few members of my crew. That's our oldest design, and we still sell it. We have that design over a hundred others that will now all be limited editions because whatever stock we've got in, that's it. We're selling everything out to fund the operation, to get rid of inventory. We'll still have some t-shirts in the future. They'll just be limited editions and short runs. So if you want to get any of these historic shirts, this is your last chance. I almost forgot. We're selling them all at cost at InfoWarsStore.com. Every ball cap. Every flag, every hoodie, every long sleeve, every t-shirt, regular shirts, designer shirts, they're all selling at cost. InfoWarsStore.com The answer to 1984 is 1776. InfoWars has been banned. 
arrested, 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 attacked and threatened because we are effective. The Great Awakening is here. Go to band.video, download the videos and share. Support the information war at infowarstore.com. And never give up the fight. Fight. Infowars.com. You're listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Wanted metal, here it is. This is some of the finest metal you'll be able to find on the internet. It's from their album Lost in the Sound of Separation. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Love this album. It's probably one of my top three. But, uh, yeah, good, good stuff. All right. Uh, folks, we are getting back into war and stuff. It's my favorite thing to talk about. But uh, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com had a video. Sorry, just the song is just so good. Um, Afghanistan War. This is uh, 10 years after the Afghanistan War, Everything We Know by James Corbett. It's clip 13. We're going to delve in right about now. October 7th, 2016 marks the 15th anniversary of the invasion and occupation of Afghanistan by U.S.-led NATO forces. Fifteen years since the bombs began raining down on the country. Fifteen years of drone strikes and civilian massacres, detainees and prison torture, insurgency and bombings, warlords and drug lords and CIA kickbacks. Fifteen years of death. Fifteen years of destruction. And still... Like a decades-long nightmare, it continues. I'm announcing an additional adjustment to our posture. Instead of going down to 5,500 troops by the end of this year, you guys remember this, Jabroni? The United States will maintain approximately 8,400 troops in Afghanistan into next year through the end of my administration. The narrow missions assigned to our forces will not change. They remain focused on supporting Afghan forces and going after terrorists. But maintaining our forces at this specific level, based on our assessment of the security conditions and the strength of Afghan forces, will allow us to continue to provide tailored support to help Afghan forces continue to improve. The world was told that the invasion, launched after the invocation of NATO's self-defense treaty, was a response to the false flag events of September 11, 2001. Pay attention. 
On September the 12th, the North Atlantic Council met again in response to the appalling attacks perpetrated yesterday against the United States of America. The Council agreed that if it is, if it is determined that this attack was directed from abroad against the United States, it shall be regarded as an action covered by Article 5 of the Washington Treaty, which states that an armed attack against one or more of the Allies in Europe or in North America shall be considered an attack against them all. But this explanation, like the official narrative of the events of 9-11 itself, was a carefully constructed lie. As Professor Michelle Chosodovsky of the Center for Research on Globalization explains, the U.S. government's demand for Osama bin Laden's extradition were proven disingenuous when they repeatedly denied the Taliban's offers to extradite him, and the invasion itself, a major theater operation, was launched impossibly quickly. Impossibly quickly. What happened is that NATO essentially um, declared war. It was confirmed subsequently, but it declared war on Afghanistan on the grounds that Afghanistan had attacked America through its support of al-Qaeda. Um, it was extremely tenuous, but in a bitter irony, nobody actually questioned the logic of this, uh, of this decision, and that included uh, trade unions, NGOs, and so on. Um, the other element which I think is very crucial is that you do not prepare a large-scale theater war thousands of miles away in less than 28 days. That war was prepared before 9-11. You don't uh, say. And consequently, public opinion was led to believe that this was a, an act of retribution. Uh, military analysts were mum on the subject. They know the, the logic and the timing of military, of military projects. Now, the third element, I think, which is very important, is that the Afghan government which the U.S. refers to as the Taliban, uh, approached the U.S. State Department on two occasions and said, if you want to have bin Laden uh, extradite the United States to U.S. justice, we will consider and we will discuss it. And that, that um, proposal had been turned down by, by the Bush administration on the grounds, to quote George W. Bush, we do not negotiate with terrorists, quote-unquote. Um, so that, in effect, um, the Afghan war was already in the pipeline. And I think what is also important is that the, Afghan, the war in Afghanistan, under the global war on terrorism, which was launched with, with the war in Afghanistan, sets the stage for a series of wars under the same mandate of going after the terrorists. So we have, of course, we have Iraq, then we have, uh, then we have Libya, we have Syria, we have Yemen, uh, we also have Pakistan, the drone war, um, and, um, and then we have um, the extension of the global war on terrorism to sub-Saharan Africa, to Southeast Asia. That the invasion of Afghanistan had been planned well before 9-11 was first revealed by Niaz Naik, the former foreign secretary of Pakistan, 
who told BBC News that he was told by senior American officials in mid-July of 2001 that military action against Afghanistan would go ahead by the middle of October. This story was confirmed by Donald Rumsfeld, who told the September 11th Commission hearings in March of 2004 that the first major national security directive of the Bush administration was a plan to combat the Taliban in Afghanistan. Although it was not officially signed until October 25, 2001, nearly three weeks after the invasion began, it was in fact drafted in June of that year and was sitting on the president's desk waiting to be signed on September 4, 2001. Weird. One full week before 9-11. Weird, bro. Dr. Rice has stated that she asked the National Security Council staff in her first week in office we, for a hey, new can presidential I pull an Alex Jones real quick and ask Al-Qaeda. you to back it up? In early March, the staff was directed that's, to craft... That's a, a bombshell of a line, yeah. I'm just doing the interrupt thing here, and I'm telling you to back it up. This, like the last two, three minutes of this, we're only going to back it up like 30 seconds or whatever, maybe 10, 15. They, they know what I'm talking about. Guys, you have to understand... This was on the desk of George W. Bush before September 11th. Dead air, I know, but am I coming across? (laughs) Seriously, let's roll it one more time. It was in fact drafted in June of that year and was sitting on the president's desk waiting to be signed on September 4th, 2001. That's why they get paid the big week bucks. before 9-11. Dr. Rice has stated that she asked the National Security Council staff in her first week in office for a new presidential initiative on al-Qaeda. In early March, the staff was directed to craft a more aggressive strategy aimed at eliminating the al-Qaeda threat. The first draft of that approach in the form of a presidential directive was circulated by the NSC staff in June of 2001, and a number of meetings were held that summer at the deputy secretary level to address the policy questions involved, such as relating an aggressive strategy against Taliban to U.S.-Pakistan relations. By the first week of September, the process had arrived at a strategy that was presented to principals and later became NSPD-9, the president's first major substantive national security decision directive. It was presented for a decision by principals on September 4th, 2001, seven days before the 11th and later signed by the president with minor changes and a preamble to reflect the events of September 11th in October. So if the plan to invade Afghanistan was not about 9-11, then why were the neocons eager to take over the we country? We are going to pick this up like any major- on the other side because it gets a little further in depth. And let me tell you, if you enjoyed any part of that or if that part, if any of that was intriguing to you, the next part is going to be the why Okay, and let me tell you, there was a popular slogan going around. You don't hear it very much anymore, but never forget. We're not going to forget. Still have a bone to pick with these people. I'm sure you do too. See you on the other side. We are force-fed, dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. 
And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. Band.video. We're rocking out this morning. We were just watching the Afghanistan War 10 years, 10 years in the Afghanistan War, Afghanistan War 10 years later, 15 years later. It's by James Corbett, CorbettReport.com. You go to CorbettReport.com, you type in Afghanistan War, because this is an older video. It'll be on the front page. All of the videos he has on the Afghanistan War are worth watching they're definitely worth the time that it will take you will become way more informed and you'll be able to draw more parallels right because when you understand history when you look at it with a critical lens you're going to better be able to navigate the now right and uh yeah, mind-blowing. Um, we don't have enough time to get into that video this segment, um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I've got here on my desk. Um, I have got the new Save the Frogs, Infowars.com hat. I'm donning it for the first time here. Boom. Bada-bing, bada-boom, got to say. Look good in green, and I'm sure you do too. And you can get this hat for eight ninety five. I found that out yesterday live on air. My reaction was candid. It was true. And I did a thing where I put a word in and I didn't actually pay for this hat. So it's not coming home with me, but guess what? I got it now. I'm wearing it. It's great. Love it. And you can get it too. 875, 875. I lied to you when I said 895. It's 875. And think about this again. You spend $8 and 75 cents today for the next couple of days. You are going to be so happy to go to the mailbox. You're not going to be worrying about them bills. Right, whatever. I've got a little backstory on that hat. It's actually made by a Texas company. Um, very high quality for eight ninety five. It literally stayed like. Yeah, no, this thing is great. High very quality nice. material. It feels really good to the touch. The logo here. Let's let's go let's go deep on the dot cam here. Got this guy. Check out this. Uh, check out this logo here. See that logo is like. Yep, yep, yep. Focus up here. Yeah, that, this logo, it, it feels good. It's like, it's, uh, what's the word for this? Em, embossed, it's textured. It's very, it's high quality is what it is, right? You can have one too. You see this stuff right here? The holes. It's to keep you cool during the summertime. Look cool, stay cool. Boom. You can have a hat like this. 
If you go to InfoWarsStore.com, guys, it's a deal and it's not going to be around for long because we've got limited quantities of all of our merch now. So when it sells out, you don't want to be on the side of like, okay, I got a story. Went to a thrift store one time, saw this awesome floral shirt. It wasn't even floral. It was like cactuses and stuff. Vintage, 20 bucks. I was thinking, I don't need another shirt. To this day, it's like seven years ago. I still regret this, okay? By the way, was wearing the frog shirt out yesterday. Went to the post office. Lady behind me struck up a conversation. Thinking to myself, oh, here we go. Well, you know what? Turns out she wasn't bad looking. And we had a great conversation about atrazine and frogs. Too bad for her. Taken. Sorry. But uh, yeah, anyways, yeah, true story. Just waiting to uh, mail off a couple of documents and a check to the State Department, get that uh, passport renewed. And uh, yeah, person had no idea about InfoWars. Like, super refreshing, right? When people aren't, like, when you meet people who aren't politically engaged, right? Because it's an opportunity to start off on the right foot, right? great opportunity to wake people up. So I told her about atrazine, about the frogs, about why it's important, right, to save the frogs. Because if you think about it, well, I'll let you think about it. We're going to break. See you in just a minute. American Journal. It's me, your host, Matt. How's it going? That's my best Kermit impression. I'm talking about like saving the frogs and stuff. So yeah, anyway, um, just to polish that thought off here. Saving the frogs, super important. One thing that we don't discuss here that I remember from high school biology class when I had to dissect the frog like most of you out there. A lot of people had to dissect the frog. A couple people had to dissect like a worm and stuff like that. But um, my, my biology teacher, she told me it's important because these bullfrogs and these frogs that are living down in these crops, you know, living in this area, they've got this like amphibious skin or whatever. And so therefore they absorb all the chemicals right around them. And so scientists who dissect these frogs routinely observe like the changes in their biology and they can be like, oh, wow, the runoff from these X chemicals or this, you know, pesticide is really toxic. Here's why. Because, you know, frogs multiply much quicker, right? You got more generations of frogs in a less period of time. So you can see the effects of these chemicals over multiple generations. It's kind of like a uh, live field experiment. So uh, that's one reason. Another reason you guys can check out, uh, super intrigued. We had a guest late last year or early this year. I don't know. Time's flying. Um, OKI. OKI's Weird Stories. He's got a YouTube channel. He's not been banned off YouTube, but I highly suggest checking out his Frogs documentary. Super eye-opening. Why is that? He talks about corporations and he talks about basically... There, there's a whole deal where the science that's carried out is funded by the corporations that make the chemicals. It's a big club. 
And it's like the corporations are in it with the scientists that conduct the research. And if you're like this dude with the earrings and the frogs, the pet frogs, you'll be kicked out of the club if you do the real science. An actual doc- biologist. An actual biologist. Yeah, this, this video is well worth checking out. They'll flash it up sometime. I, did, I can't remember the exact name of the documentary. We'll get it to you. I'm putting them on the spot, so I'm the bad person. There's this guy. Okie's Weird Stories is the channel. And anyways, definitely worth checking out. If you didn't hear last segment, frog hats, they're on sale. Frog merch, it's all the rage in the store. There we go, Okie's Weird Stories. And it's his pinned video because Alex Jones is actually wildly popular. Everyone knows it. We'll be playing a uh, we'll be playing an awesome video here, most likely in the third hour, with Alex Jones getting drunk and painting rocks with Alex Jones. It's the uh, lead story on Band Video that on the on the headline page. Who doesn't want to do that? I know it's not noon yet or anything like that, but it is somewhere. And so before we get back out to that, we are going to go back to the Afghanistan war. We are going to be talking about the deep state and how the deep state orchestrates wars and why they orchestrate these wars. This is made by James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Here it is. Like any major military operation, there are multiple strategic objectives to be achieved. Securing a key transportation corridor from rich Caspian Sea oil and gas reserves has always been one important objective of the Afghanistan war. Soon after the Taliban came to power in 1996, the administration of Bill Clinton backed a secret plan for a pipeline through Afghanistan from Central Asia, which has vast reserves of oil and gas. The Taliban were offered a generous cut in the deal and secretly invited to Washington and Texas. They were treated royally, taken shopping and flown to tourist attractions like the NASA Space Center and Mount Rushmore. Their tour was so secret that no television news covered it. Most Americans knew nothing. By the time George W. Bush came to power, the link between Al-Qaeda and the Taliban was an embarrassment, and September the 11th gave Bush an opportunity to get rid of them. Today, Afghanistan is run by a regime installed by the Americans, and the pipeline deal is going ahead. A groundbreaking ceremony of Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, Tapi gas pipeline project was held on Sunday at the ancient city of Mari of Turkmenistan. Turkmenistan President Gabungli Bardis Mohamdao, Afghanistan President Ashraf Ghani, Pakistan Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif and Vice President Mohammad Hamid Ansari were present at the function. The 25-year-old concept of Tapi has come on ground reality and it will be completed by 2019. The ancient city of Mary in Turkmenistan witnessed the historic groundbreaking ceremony of the ambitious Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India gas pipeline project, that is TAPI project, that will ensure energy security in South Asia. 
Vice President Hamid Ansari, Weird. Pakistan Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif, and leaders of Turkmenistan Where else are there energy pipelines? Like Ukraine? Are there the energy pipelines the going through the Ukraine? Process of pipes. Weird. The appreciated the $7.6 billion Tapi pipeline project and termed it as an initiative to connect energy-rich Central Asia with energy-starved South Asia for a new dawn of economic engagement through regional connectivity. Weird, bro. But this was by no means the only objective of the invasion. From the monetary perspective, there is as much as a trillion dollars of untapped mineral wealth in the country that could make it one of the world's leading mining centers in the coming years. A mineral wealth that has been known about for decades. We might say Afghanistan hits the jackpot in a sense. A team of U.S. geologists and Pentagon officials discovering vast riches of untapped mineral deposits there. They say it could be worth as much as a trillion dollars for that country. A senior military official says that this could turn the war-torn nation into one of the biggest mining centers in the world. Uh, it's an astonishing piece of news. Steve Santani is live from Washington. Uh, Steve, how was this discovery made and, and how could they have not have known that it was there? Well, some people did know. The Soviets apparently made some preliminary maps when they occupied Afghanistan back in the 80s, and those maps recently came to the attention of a Pentagon team, which did some high-tech aerial surveillance to discover the extent of this massive potential wealth. And they found that Afghanistan has deposits of iron and copper that could make it a major producer in the world, and deposits of lithium that rival the large reserves in Bolivia. Lithium is used in batteries that power everybody's computers computers and blackberries. General David Petraeus, the CENTCOM commander, said there's stunning potential in that mineral wealth, Martha. And there is also the fact that the world's lucrative multi-billion dollar heroin trade sources almost entirely from the country, with up to 90% of the world's opium coming from the record crops that are being diligently protected by U.S. troops. So here's the question. Why are American troops now helping Afghan farmers grow that opium? Nick Schifrin reports from Afghanistan on a controversial new policy. In western Kandahar, poppy farmers score, kill, harvest their crop, and the Americans do nothing to stop them. U.S. soldiers greet farmers. Can you show me which poppy field is yours? They commiserate with farmers having a bad harvest. Tell them I'm very sorry for his field this year, and uh, hopefully he has a better harvest next year. And in one case, they even paid a farmer $1,000 after U.S. and Afghan special forces burned his crop. If you can come down to the base on my next visit, I will I'll make a payment. This is controversial. The opium trade is the Taliban's main source of funding. Around here, this poppy isn't only a plant. It's the very basis of the economy here. Okay, poppy folks. grows everywhere in this area. You get the and deal most by of now. the farmers base their entire income for the entire season Just, uh, stop on her. this harvest. Stop her there. So, there you go. Got minerals. You got pipelines. Where else are the, their pipelines nowadays? Could they be going through Ukraine? Do you see the parallels? This is why we look back. We look back so that we can navigate forward. See you on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, I need your help. I need your help keeping InfoWars on the air and strong. 
I need your help making sure that our mission continues on. I was born for this. You were born for this. And people are really waking up right now. But we had to build our own infrastructure because of the censorship and deplatforming that cost tens of millions of dollars. And now, with Bandot Video getting close to 10 million views a day, we're a platform for thousands of independent journalists and groups to be able to post their content free of charge. And because it's become so successful, it's a catch-22. InfoWars and Bandot Video have become a mothership promoting the pro-human liberty movement worldwide. But the expenses in bandwidth alone are millions of dollars a quarter, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. So the biggest sale in InfoWars history is going right now, the mega emergency blowout sale, up to 75% off, getting incredible products, and keep InfoWars strong as ever. It's time to show them what a real alpha male looks like with one of our most powerful products ever made, Alpha Power. As you age, your body can lose testosterone over time. With the incredible ingredients in this formula, we can help you beat the test of time and assist in restoring that lost energy and mood that comes with time and age. Alpha Power's incredible ingredients can help you boost your sports performance or enhance your day-to-day -day life with ease while encouraging hormonal balance. Perfect by itself or with super male vitality in the true alpha male path. Alpha Power can help boost performance, help maintain normal testosterone levels, support healthy cholesterol, and more. Let Alpha Power help bring you to the peak of your optimal health. Don't fall short on energy in the fight against tyranny. Show the world what a true alpha male looks like today with Alpha Power. Head to InfoWarsStore.com today. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Hello, everybody. You're watching The American Journal. Infowars.com and band.video. It's Matt Weber filling in for Harrison Smith. And if you've ever wondered to yourself, hey, what would it be like to host a show? Well, guess what? I'm experiencing that now, and you can too. If you call 877-789-2539, that's the number to call. You'll get connected to me and the crew, and we'll take your call. And then we will talk about things on air. So, when you call in, let's do something today. Let's let you set the agenda. Come at us with a news story that you want to talk about. No crazy fringe news sites that we can't put on screen for fear of weird words in the article. That's the, the only rule. Make sure it's something that you've read because you're going to inform me and I will be the, the, the skeptic. I will be playing the devil's advocate. I will be the person who will walk with you through this article. So again, 877-789-2539. You can come through directly to us. You can step out of the, the shadows of the live chat. And yes, there's a live chat function. There are currently 33,161 patriots and well, maybe a couple of trolls on the internet. Who knows? Again, it's going to be great. So there's a live chat function if you don't want to call in, if you just want to participate with some people in the chat. 
you never know where that's going to go. But if you want to call in, oh yes, I see. All right, you know what? Don't even, don't even screen Patty. Let's just go to Patty in New Jersey. Let's just do it. Yeah, yeah, Fatty with Patty in Jersey. Let's do it right now. No need to even screen him. He's going to tell you about some crypto. What's going on, Patty? All right, he's on air. <laughs> We're, we're freestyling this morning. How's it going? I love it. This is, wow, this is this is incredible. Matt, you're doing a great job, bro. Yesterday, today, I actually wrote down, uh, I got a couple things here. Cool. Uh, Stair, Stairway to Heaven, my okay. favorite uh, Zeppelin song. That's... I had some, I had some notes from, from yesterday. Okay. Uh, I'm not very well versed in it, in Zeppelin, but, you know... How you many, had how many notes does it take you... Like, like how many seconds does it take you to realize you're listening to Stairway to Heaven? I think my parents can probably, they, it's like three notes and it's like, oh, Stairway to Heaven. Um, and then it's like, it's, got it. I don't know. I probably, pro- it's pretty fast. I'm pretty good with the, uh, okay. like when the radio shows do like that, pick the song, yeah, oh, okay. you know, if it's like pick the song, like I'm pretty good with those. I just, you're the only, you're the only radio station, TV station that I'm able to call instantaneously and get through. I think you guys just like me. You guys got us on speed. I mean, you, you got us on speed dial? Uh, of course I do. Yeah. Nice. You should favorite us yeah. too. At, yeah. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> not my business line, so it's connected directly to the Wi-Fi router. I hit, when I hit it, it goes, it's nice. just quick. Top nice. of the line. Great job. So what's going on, um, Patty? So yeah, we're coming down to, uh, we're coming down to the wire, I think. So, it's not a coincidence that you went into the 33% earlier this morning. Um, I wake up at 4 o'clock Eastern every morning, and I start digging into the news because I like doing it. It makes me feel good inside. Now, I ran into a little bit of research. I had I tagged and, and DM'd you guys, um, the American Journal's Twitter, with a Donald Duck in Math Magic Land. Now, when I was a kid, I was fascinated with this math, with this math cartoon. Never knew why, and you know now with the gematria and the crypto, and just how the news portrays different gematria-based numbers uh, on the daily. But this thirty-three, it caught my attention. Biden's thirty-three percent um, approval rating, and I do agree with you in the sense that I really want to know where. They pulled these where people from. Get, yeah, where are you getting? Where are you get? Who who are you asking? Because I know people that I I know people that are like uh, Biden supporters that they're just not down with it. They're, they're not talking bad about Biden. They're just can, talking about the gas. Can we also take a second to talk about the implications of articles like this? Right, Biden's uh, approval craters at thirty three percent. For most people reading the news, and I, I, I have to tell you, you know, before I took stats. Um, I love stats. I was going to be a statistician. Me too. Me too. I had Mr. Um, Roberson. He looked like Jesus. Go ahead. (laughs) That's nice. Speaking of Jesus, Easter week. So it is. It is Happy Good Friday to all those who uh, believe in Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know. Don't even think about calling in today, Satan. Have you heard the good news? Oh no, not until not until no. Have you heard the good news? He is risen. For sure. That's from right, the so, Sopranos. Go ahead. So, news. Um, yeah, no, we're we're talking about this thirty three percent, and we're talking about the the manipulation in people's minds, right? Because I think 
if, if you were to just purely look at the headline, Biden's approval craters at 33%. And you, we're thinking like 33% of maybe the whole country, right? And you would know if you took a stats class or maybe you haven't taken a stats class yet, or maybe it's been a few years, that typically in order to make claims like this, you would hope that uh, the amount of people polled Right would be over two thousand because then it. What do they hit, call that? Would, what do they call that number? What do they call statistically that? Statistically significant. Size? It, it would okay. be. It would mean that the study is statistically significant, and you can extrapolate Beautiful. data from that. But but and you know we can go into this Quinnipiac poll. Um, I didn't um, just because again I am a skeptic. But I'm flipping through pages here. We'll see if I I I get a. I'm sure that you don't see a sample size. In um, sample size, that's what it was. There's okay. bingo. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm sure we're not going to see a sample size here in this, nor whether or not it was a convenient sample, right? Because if they pulled these people based on, let's say, hey, you know, you you knew you knew exactly who you were getting. You weren't just randomly calling people, or you know, you you weren't getting it through random selection, right? Um, yeah. That that really does skew these things, and. When you have these skewed statistics, you can convince people who are maybe low information or not very well informed on on some of these issues. And even people who are well informed, you know, they may take this and run with it. And then, you know, when they're talking to other folks, you know, let's say they're having a coffee at their local coffee shop and they're talking, you know, Sally's talking to Kelly and she's like, can you believe that 33% and maybe both of them severely disagree, but yet their opinions are kind of buffed by this. You know what I mean? Well, maybe he's not doing so bad. And, you know, maybe they get into the 68%, you know, think that we should be doing more like who in their right minds thinks that we should be doing more. I think that this is going to stall out into a war of attrition based on the fact that, you know, it, it wasn't can just Can you elaborate on that victory. more? Can you, can you please elaborate on that more? Because now you intrigued me. Please on, on elaborate 68% more. 68% of Americans think that, uh, according to this article, 68% of Americans think that the United States has a moral responsibility to do more to stop Russian forces from killing civilians in Ukraine. Now, how exactly would we go about that, right? If you were to poll these people and say, hey, well, what do you think we should do? Right? What is really going to deter these people or deter the Russians? Right? And and the thing is, the reason I say it's going to come into a become a war of attrition, right, is that a lot of defense analysts that I've read have said that you know basically Russia would snap attack, take things over, and then it would become a liberation campaign. We'll get more into it on the other side. It's about twenty-five years ago that I wanted to expand InfoWars. I've been on the air a couple of years, but I only had money to finance my own simple little local radio show. And I wanted to hire camera people. I wanted to make films. I wanted to really challenge the globalist. And it was a t-shirt I designed, the first one, Mass Murderers Agree, Gun Control Works, that helped us finance hiring the first few members of my crew. That's our oldest design, and we still sell it. We have that design over a hundred others that will now all be limited editions because whatever stock we've got in, that's it. We're selling everything out to fund the operation, to get rid of inventory. We'll still have some t-shirts in the future. They'll just be limited editions and short runs. So if you want to get any of these historic shirts, this is your last chance. I almost forgot. We're selling them all at cost at InfoWarsStore.com. Every ball cap. Every flag, every hoodie, every long sleeve, every T-shirt, regular shirts, designer shirts, they're all selling at cost. InfoWarsStore.com.
Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. American Journal, one the only, Infowars.com, band.video. Talking to Patty in Jersey about stats. We're talking to him about what I think is going to happen in Ukraine in terms of war. There are a couple different scenarios, right? There is a scenario where Ukraine for Russia is going to be what Afghanistan was for Russia, what Syria was for America, what Afghanistan was for America, these long drawn out wars, right? Where the bigger country tries to occupy, tries to take these areas by force. And then because of cultural clashes and other countries who are interested in fighting a proxy war in the area, the war will stall out. There will be tons of destruction, death, chaos, And not much will be accomplished, right? It's one of those things where even if you can take the land, do you win? Do you win the hearts and minds of the people occupying that land? It's a great question. Um, So, yeah, we were talking to Patty in Jersey about that. And um, I want to go, I'm sorry, Patty, to to have you hold and uh, to cut you off. I was uh, talking to some of the screeners about some of the other callers. Now, we've got an urgent call from Simon in Florida. I'm sorry, Patty. Um, thanks for calling in. That's all right. Uh, I just wanted to say, listen, season two starts a crypto war live tonight. So uh, all patriots out there, if you're not cool. doing anything, 10 p.m. Eastern, CryptoWar.Live. This is for the people. By the people. If you're beautiful, interested, beautiful people. If you're interested in crypto, check out CryptoWar.Live, and you'll be able to hear more from Patty. Okay, we're going out to Simon in Florida. Simon's got a bone to pick with me. He's got serious news. Simon in Florida, well, you're on the I, air. I think you are experiencing that it's rather different being in front of the camera rather than behind the camera. It correct, certainly Matt? is. But right, go ahead. Well, I think there is some some quite significant news that perhaps has been overlooked um, that does kind of tie in with the um, Ukraine situation. Tell me. Um, Three very, very quick things. So the the head of the German Trade Union Confederation, a man by the name of Reiner Hoffmann, has given an interview and he said that Germany banning Russian energy imports will lead to a complete collapse of the supply chain, and on a similar line, just yesterday, President Putin um, was at a um, conference talking about doing development in the Russian part of the Arctic Circle, and they've got a plan for a railway line um, to run basically from the west to the east parallel to the Trans-Siberian Railroad in order that they can increase their freight capacity. And he actually said to all the companies that were there, he said, this is a direct instruction to government and private businesses. I want this done now. 
And then he mm-hmm. clarified when he said now, because obviously you can't build a 5,000-kilometer railway like in one day. Right. He said, and I mean this year, and that they needed to understand that there was going to be a complete reorientation of Russian exports from the West, i.e. Europe, to the East, i.e. Asia. Yeah. And that's quite significant because that's not just a six-month spat over Ukraine. He was telling them, we need this massive, massive infrastructure project because we're looking at a long-term reorientation. And then the same day, it was announced in the country of Moldova, which is this small country of like 3 million people in between Ukraine and Romania, that they've entered into agreements with Ukraine and Romania that all of the um, infrastructure in terms of uh, highways and bridges are going to be upgraded. And it looks to me like there's a realization in the European Union that Russia is going to hold the entire um, southern coast of Ukraine and basically turn the rump of Ukraine into a landlocked country that is still going to include all the agricultural areas. And they have to figure out ways of actually getting all that agricultural goods to feed essentially Africa from the rump of Ukraine into the Black Sea. They're talking about upgrading all the highways from Ukraine across Moldova. There are lots of rivers and um, bridges that need to be built. And then um, down to the port of Constantia, which is a huge, huge port. um, like, Like Long Beach, California. These aspirations for infrastructure and exports, these things are what are foretelling, right, these motivations for the attack on Ukraine and the shakeup of the new world order or the world order as it stands. I think it's a little bit different from that. I don't necessarily think they were planned beforehand, but I think now that the outcome is looking increasingly like the permanent partition of Ukraine, that they have that they're having to respond to what that's going to mean in terms of the ability to get the massive amount of food that Ukraine produces to other points of the world. Because otherwise, the only two routes they've got are roads and railways into Slovakia and Poland, and that's no good for shipping stuff to Africa. They mm-hmm. need to go from the Black Sea through the Mediterranean and then you know through the Suez and stuff. And as we can see, they're they're trying to find out workarounds. News as of a couple days ago on Zero Hedge talking about China's investments in Africa, right? The in that video that we played a couple segments ago, talking about World Island um, and you know geopolitics worldwide, right? They thought the World Island and and you know Middle Eastern countries where they could get oil and other resources out of was a great lodestone, right? W- which they could pull from, right? For industrialization. Now, China is twenty years ahead of America in terms of diplomatic and infrastructure ties with Africa. So again. These exporters are going to dictate, you know, the rest of the industrialized world, you know, a lot of the prices on the commodities that they're going to be able to have and manufacture with, right? And that is going to be a fundamental area in which the world, you know, depends. Is that that what you're getting at? 
Well, a, a lot of that Chinese expansion into Africa and also into South and Central America is classic um, debt trap lending. And we're seeing that play out in real time in Sri Lanka, where they've run up absolutely enormous U.S. dollar-denominated um, debt to China in the last 10 years mm-hmm. since the end of the civil war there. And it's like the loans to Indonesia. It's just not producing any real income. And so now they've got, what, something like $7 billion of loans that are maturing this year, and their foreign reserves are now less than $2 billion. The entire country is now um, totally bankrupt. They're not able to import medicines. They're having to rely upon the Indonesian sorry, the Indians to supply them with um, rice and fuel. And the entire country is basically in a state of meltdown. But we're seeing the same thing happening in Pakistan. Their economy is doing terribly. Did you have a chance at all to see any of um, Imran Khan's speech uh, yesterday? It was kind of in the afternoon American time, but he started speaking at midnight in um, Jalsa in in Pakistan, and um, he, he gave it an absolutely incredible speech. It's worth reviewing if you have time later on today. It basically was a speech that many Americans believe the kind of speech that Donald Trump should have given when he was told that he had lost the elections, and um, it was it was very 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 powerful indeed. He actually asked. Simon, stay right there. Simon, the weapons were safe with the. Simon, we're heading up against a break. Stay right there. We're going to hear more from you on the other side about geopolitics and where the world's going. Stay tuned. It's the American Journal. The first ten amendments to our country's constitution were adopted in 1791. The first of these broadly protects the rights of free speech and free press. Free speech means the free and public expression of opinions without censorship, interference, and restraint by the government. 231 years later, free speech across America is under chronic and insidious attack. GCN is under attack. Your freedom is currently under siege from those who do not want you to know the truth. I'm asking our fellow broadcasters and you to rise up and help us defend our right to continue telling you the truth. Would you like to join us? If so, please consider visiting SaveGCN.com. SaveGCN.com. You may click follow, share, give, and pray. You may select all of those choices. I'm Vincent Finelli. Over the years, InfoWars has produced more than 200 amazing Patriot Americana, Second Amendment, pro-liberty-themed T-shirts, ball caps, flags, you name it. All of the apparel and the flags are being sold at cost right now. That's just regular plain Jane shirts. Uh, that is all sorts of designer uh, shirts that cost us $15, $20, $25 to produce. We used to sell for $40. We're selling them for $15, selling them for $20. Whatever the shirt costs us. If a shirt costs $5, we're selling them for $5 for us to actually produce. If it costs $10, we're selling them for $10. And we've got hoodies, and we've got long sleeves, and we've got short sleeves. We've got them all, and we've got to liquidate them all. And they're limited edition because we're never going to make any of these designs again. We are going to come out with some new designs that will be limited, limited edition in the future. We've got to sell this to keep InfoWars on the air. Plus, it spreads the word. InfoWarsStore.com. Hear historic apparel now. InfoWarsStore.com. 
listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Wake Up America Patriot Blend. You can get it in the store for less than 20 bucks, like 17 bucks. Well worth it. A lot of the people in the chat wanted to know if I was stoned this morning. And no, fortunately I'm not. Would you like to see what I'm like without coffee though? Anyway, we were talking to Simon last segment about geopolitics. He's talking to us a lot about Putin's aspirations for shipping and he's dictating or he wants to dictate the prices on a lot of commodities such as energy and he wants to get connected with the rest of the world and it's an attempt to shake up the world order as it is so we're going back to simon in florida he's going to give us some news here and i'd like to ask simon uh before we get back to him what what can people do Right? Do you, is your suggestion with some of this information that people get prepared, or, or what is it? Simon, you're on the air. I think, I think that people um, need to be communicating with their elected representatives and paying very, very close attention to the primary, which are close upon us in many American states. You know, a lot of things are being done by the American government in the name of the American citizenry. And I'm sure that a large portion of the American population don't necessarily agree with the steps that are being taken. I mean, we've seen that with Biden shutting down the pipelines and massively driving up the prices of uh, American fuel that's affecting people's pocketbook every single day. And we're tapping into strategic reserves right now as well. Well, I mean, the, the, the story that's gone uncovered on that is that a lot of the um, strategic reserves are actually heavily contaminated with sulfur. They put them into a place called the Bryant Mound, which was an ex-sulfur mine, and the remaining sulfur has got um, mixed up with the reserves there. And in the past, when they've done releases, they've been uh, 30 or 40 times the maximum allowable levels of um, hydrogen sulfide dissolved in the oil and the refineries not only haven't been able to process it, but it's actually damaged all of their equipment. Interesting. And, um, and so I think part of that is actually to have an excuse for dumping their contaminated stock and then actually replacing it. Because if we really did need it in a war with Russia or China and we had to turn it into tank fuel, if it was that heavily contaminated, it would be impossible to do in short order. So I wow. think there's a hidden story behind that. But if we went back again to Pakistan, 
I mean, people can say, well, Pakistan, it's Pakistan, and it's like thousands of miles away, and it doesn't really affect America. But that's another example that's of apparently American foreign policy being applied to a country that's okay. five times the size of Ukraine and has nuclear weapons. And if you look at one, just a very short quote, one sentence from Imran Khan's um, speech that he gave yesterday, he said, the decisive moment has arrived and the nation needs to choose if it wants slavery or liberty. Do we want to be slaves of the United States or do we want real freedom? And then he went on to say, everyone should know that this is not the Pakistan of the 1970s when the United States conspired to remove Zulfikar Ali Bhutto, who was the previous um, president there. This is not the same Pakistan. Pakistan of today has social media. The country has 60 million mobile phones. All our youth now have a voice, and no one can zip their mouth. Very interesting, because that is a huge cultural shift, right? It's one of the um, one of the other aspects of America in Afghanistan, right? America was trying to, again, I. I read and or listen to Annie Jacobson frequently. And uh, one of her more recent books was uh, First Platoon. And in, you know, the first third of the book, she does talk about the the extreme cultural differences between America and Afghanistan and why that ultimately doomed the the superficial mission, right? The, the noble motive for why we went to war, right, in Afghanistan. And... This is perhaps what you're what you're talking about. This new connected Pakistan that is industrialized and is starting to turn, you know, nationalized. They're they're, they're hitting a bent of nationalism, right? Why that also can disrupt the world order or global trade. So well, it's very very significant with global trade. You're correct in that regard. Because China is trying to um, have what's called the CPEC, which is the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor. And they want to basically have a highway and a rail line um, running all the way through Pakistan and extending into um, Afghanistan. And China is very, very much focused on the trillions of dollars of rare earth minerals they want to be able to um, access in in Afghanistan. And so America seemed to be focused on running an oil pipeline through that initially, through Afghanistan, which is when you look at where the forward operating bases were all located. It was exactly along the line of the intended pipeline for Afghanistan. So they basically positioned all their forts so that it was possible to guard the construction of that pipeline. But they rather overlooked, or maybe they were only surveyed later on during their 20-year occupation of the country, the massive amounts of rare earth minerals, and um, particularly in the in the north of the country. And one of the first things China did was when they flew in, is they got an agreement to um, reactivate an old copper mine there. But they're also looking at the lithium, which is necessary for kind of like electric vehicle batteries. Of course, and yeah. lithium iron, and that's. One of the big things that hasn't really come out at all in um, Ukraine 
Ukraine has two unloaded deposits of lithium, one that is in the west of the country, mm-hmm. and one, believe it or not, that is in the um, western part of the state of Donetsk that is currently being defended by the Ukrainian armed forces. Mm. And by my estimate, that one potential mine there is worth over um, $100 billion, and the total lithium that's estimated to be mineable in Ukraine is worth half a trillion U.S. dollars. And that's part of what's going on there. They've known that those reserves have been there since the 1980s when they were um, surveyed by the Soviets, but they've recently updated those estimates, and the estimates went up tenfold. And one of the people who um, is involved in that project and has been trying to actually get the permission to start commercially developing those two sites is Kolomoysky, who is joint um, Ukrainian and um, Cypriot. And he was the biggest financial backer of the current Ukrainian president. So I think that the the whole push to put Zelensky in place by Igor Kolomoisky was a play to um, be able to develop those lithium mines. Because even when lithium was at a tenth of its current price, as it was a couple of years ago, that was still um, $50 billion. So you back a politician for, say, 10 or $20 million, and then you get $50 billion. That's a pretty good return on your investment. Sounds like it. All right, we are running up against a break. I am so glad that Simon called in from Florida because all of this economic and geopolitical news has been really intriguing and it is very it is very insightful as to the motivations behind a lot of the plays that are happening on the world stage. Simon, stay on the line. Let's Simon, you need to call in more regularly. We need to start doing this thing. We had Clown Car call in yesterday from New York. He was able to give us the lowdown on the shooter. But Simon, we need to line you up to come on more frequently rather than having you wait on the line. We go into more calls on the other side. Uh, some more of you folks. So stay on the line. Simon, very insightful stuff. Thanks for calling us. See you in a sec. Jacob in Ohio. Welcome. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, Alex? Good, brother. Uh, great last caller. I just wanted to start with plugging your sleep supplement. Uh, it's basically the only way I get sleep anymore uh, with all the gaslighting, demoralization, and absurdity. Uh, it's like we're living in a twilight zone, man. All right, Eric in New Hampshire. Eric, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Alex. Thanks for taking my call. If I could, I just want to throw a quick plug out for the one of the product. Um, the X2 does wonders. I recommend it to everybody. You're on the fence about it. Get off the fence. Get the product. Support the info. Tyler in Maine. You're on the air. Thanks for holding. Go ahead. Hey, Alex. It's great to be on with you. It's an honor. Honor to talk to you. Awesome. Uh, So first thing I wanted to do is say I love the products. Alpha Power, even at 29. If you ask my better half, she loves it. uh, And it helps in the bedroom. So just number one for a few Well, it definitely works. It's not a joke. (laughs) Absolutely. 